Okay. Throw out some resources. Do you guys like unpopular opinions? Yeah. Sure. I'm going to give you an unpopular opinion. Welcome to the Desert Voices Podcast, spiritual conversations about thriving in the desert. I'm Holland Fields. And I'm Shalene Kendrick. We spark curiosity and boldly explore spirituality to contribute to human flourishing. Let's get curious. Let's get bold. I'm constantly labeling people enemy ally, enemy ally. And I hated that, honestly, up until this moment mm. where you just gave me permission to label people enemies. Yeah. Cause I do it all the time. I'm just not being honest with myself that that's what I'm actually doing. Mm-hmm. And I so love that you said, I know what to do with an enemy. Love mm-hmm. them. Yeah. Mm. I and know then, what to do with an ally. Guess what happens when you love an enemy? Sometimes they're not enemies. Sometimes yeah. that love changes things. And the thing I love about politics too, not, not just the happy stuff of love is that the game is real and the game is afoot. <laughs> there, <laughs> there's lives on the line and, and it matters what we do yes. locally, state, federally. And I think a lot of people understandably don't have the time or the space emotionally right. or they're intimidated or they don't want to partake in the game because they feel like they don't know enough. I'm you ever felt that hand. way? Yeah. That's me. I'm politically totally yeah. illiterate. Like I'm in some ways I call myself apolitical because I'm terrified to take Mm -hmm. a side because I don't know what I don't know. And I've gone head deep into theology and it really hasn't been until these last four years, sadly, that I'm starting to put theology and politics together. And what you said at the beginning of this, that politics is a family learning to share. Mm -hmm. So is religion is family learning to share. And it really matters of who you consider family. Yeah. And I am having to get politically savvy and get my head in the game, pull my head out of my ass. And here's what I've been the worst defender about. Holland, I so often with politics have abdicated my thinking to the people around me because mm. I didn't know what mm. to think or what to believe or how to vote. Right. Okay, I'm so, have, yeah. You ready for a true confession? Yeah. Sometimes I had Sam vote for me, <laughs> which is like. Just fills it out. For just you. fills yeah. it out. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Lord Jesus, you all, please don't turn off the podcast right now. I'm truly repenting right now. This is a moment (laughs) of confession and repentance. I bet a lot of listeners resonate with this. But I like didn't know what to think. I didn't know how to vote. And I'm, you know, running hard and fast in these other lanes. And my husband is super politically savvy and informed. You have all these debates with him. Yeah, and you submitted to your husband as you should, right? Oh, I knew I I knew I could get the volume level up in here. It was less submitting. (laughs) It had nothing to do with submission. It had everything to do with I was lazy. Yeah, and trust, and and do trust that he maybe knew. I was lazy, and I trusted that he has studied the issues and knows them better. And in some ways, I do consult him more. Like, hey, what do you think about this? Because he knows way more than I do about this. But I'm now pulling my head out of my ass, thinking for myself, voting for myself. Yeah. And knowing that what I'm doing really matters. And that's the beauty. I think in the spiritual realm, we're saying, hey, your spirituality is yours. Also, your vote is yours. Yeah. I remember my first time voting. I was 18. I went with my mom to the polls and this one lady was like, oh, way to go. You're so young. Way to vote. And I was like, I'm just voting for who my parents are voting for. <laughs> like, I didn't say that, but I was like, I have no idea what I'm um, doing. <laughs> like, I was just doing yeah. what I was taught, like, you know, just yeah. mimicking what, yeah, you same. know, you grew up with. And so now we're saying, and maybe you still will vote the same as you grew up with. But right. what we're saying is, think about it. 
Well, can I ask you guys a question? You're both talking about how you were when you were younger or four years ago, but what do you do now? How do you educate yourself now? That's a great question. I, I listen to uh, NPR more. Mm -hmm. I finally put news alerts on my phone. So I read the news every morning now. Mm -hmm. I feel so adult. (laughs) I'm adulting now reading the news every morning. Hey, yo. So I'm, and I engage with people like you. And I talk with people mm-hmm. more and rather than I think self-awareness was key. So recognizing that I had abdicated my thinking to the people around me, that was the first step to taking back my power right. mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you can't take back what you don't know you have given away. Mm-hmm. And so now I read a lot. I find things like on any social media that catches my attention. Like today, for example, on Twitter, Trump just put out that he's, what is it educating or he's putting in some kind of national policy for patriotic education. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just came across my feed and it was shocking and a little yeah, bit horrifying to me. Nationalism. Yeah. It's nationalism. Yeah. And I was like, Oh snap. I don't know what that is, but it caught my attention, which means I got to go down the rabbit hole and figure out what does that mean? Yeah. And how do I stop that? Cause that seems like a really bad idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think a few things for me, and it is tied a lot to my theological shifting as I pay attention more to, okay, where does my heart sit with this? And I want to think about it more. Mm -hmm. Um, And Charlie, this happened with you and I, I posted this thing (laughs) on YouTube flippantly about COVID and I didn't fact check it. You know, I just was like, yeah, that feels right. (laughs) I agree with that. Common sense. Duh. And you called me and you're like, Holland, that YouTube video is like completely false. And at first I was so like, oh, how dare you? I feel like uh, whatever. But that was a pivotal moment for me because I realized I need to do my research. I want to look at sources and I get articles from uncles and aunts and family members all the time. And now I go, okay, I'm going to read it. And now I'm going to also look at the other side and play devil's advocate with it. And that is helpful for me. Yeah. And the other thing too is to be in relationship with people mm-hmm. who are living the experiences that are being argued about. Right. That has been really, I mean, we said we weren't going to like, we we're going to hold our cards close, but during the refugee crisis, last, well, it's still going on. It's still a crisis. Mm-hmm. But last year, my husband was like, we have to do something. And mm-hmm. so we somehow weirdly got involved and started having refugees come to our house. And we already were like in support of that. But that moment of having a refugee mother sit in your house who her only mission Mm. (laughs) was to love her kids. Mm -hmm. I go, that is not an evil thing to detain and to criminalize. That became really real and personal for me. And so I think in the political realm, I go, okay, if I feel angsty or against something, I want to get to know the people who are actually experiencing that and see what's actually happening. Because it's really easy, especially as white people, rich people, I'm not saying I'm rich, but you know, in that realm, that privilege, privilege, there we go, that's word, to just say, this is what's best. And Mm. I actually don't know. I don't know your lived experience. Mm. And so I want to step in as best as I can to understand and hear from someone who a vote would actually impact their life differently. Yeah. Right. There's a liberation theologian, I think his name is Gustavo Gutierrez. Is that right? Have you read yeah. any of his stuff? Uh-huh. Yeah, I have. And he has this quote that's penetratingly convicting. He says, so you say you love the poor. What are their names? Mm. Yeah. And I mean, that's something we could just wake up and meditate on, you know, and yeah. it's ex- speaking to exactly what you're saying. You know their names because you had them in your home. 
and it's no longer this Facebook issue. Yeah. This is like a, a human face and issue. And tomorrow our church will do its fill the truck thing. And we've been, I mean, I've been never more thrilled about the people in our church being the hands and feet of God as serving the undocumented community here. Yeah. Because it's not, it's one thing to go, oh yeah, they don't have a government stimulus check. They lost their job and they don't have health care. This is a really hard time for them. It's another thing to go buy food for them and meet them and hang out and mm-hmm. laugh with them. And they make fun of you in Spanish and English and you learn their names and you go, this person has been in Flagstaff for 35 years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Working so hard with seven kids. They work 12 hours a day and their laughter is contagious. And the light of Christ, this is my Catholic sister who's like filled with the love of Christ and to see them demonized, especially in this state yeah. in the Republican language, uh, forgive me, but I, I like being very partisan. I don't avoid partisanship at all, but the Republican party has devolved into something that isn't the best version of itself mm. uh, that needs to die and be reborn because it has sold its soul, whatever analytical or theoretical ideas it might try to grasp onto it's sold its soul to a divisive, hate-filled, fear-filled, it's, it's not even a platform. I mean, in fact, for the first time ever, they don't have a platform this year. Like mm-hmm. it's, I, in modern history, it's never happened before. They literally released a statement saying, even though COVID has broken out, we don't need to revise anything from 2016. We like what President Trump is doing. They said our platform is whatever President Trump wants. It's never been done before. Where wow. in the political world, you want to go, I, for years, I just say, hey, why don't you go to GOP.org? Why don't you go to Democrat.org? Read their platforms. Mm-hmm. And like, see what you resonate with. And now we can't do that anymore because the GOP has said, we don't have a platform. We will go with whatever President Trump said. It's unique in history. Mm. And it involves name calling and polarization. And yeah. it's a problem, you know. So that dehumanizing thing has to be talked about and named, especially as we're whatever we are a week away or whatever from the election. Right. The stakes are very high. They know? are high. And I also want to speak on behalf of my Republican family mm-hmm. in the sense, you know, if they're listening to this, who knows? Mm-hmm. <laughs> my family probably wants nothing to do with my podcast. <laughs> it's okay, yeah. family. I love you. It was interesting that you just said that because I have heard such similar rhetoric from my mm-hmm. from my family about the other side, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm unregistered. I'm now an independent. So I've just decided I'm not playing either party. Mm-hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be an independent. Don't totally know what that means yet, but I'm figuring it out. And... I just think it's interesting that there's such strong opinions right now and Mm -hmm. we are all so heated Mm -hmm. that my hope is that all of you listening to this would critically think about the issues, that there would be no name calling and that more than anything, you would look at politics as family coming together and that you would see your neighbor, your literal Mm -hmm. and physical neighbor as your family and what does it look like to care for them? Mm -hmm. Well, and I would And that you would get to know- people who are different than you yeah wait i just read this meme i'm gonna totally well we all know i can't spell you know it. what a meme is oh my a gosh meme. i hate a you no <laughs> listen a meme is a picture that has words on it oh and a gif is like a little video it's like a motivate you know yeah. a motivational, a motivational <laughs> thing what yeah it's no, actually no. gif i like saying gif as well but it officially is gif oh it, it is, is GIF. GIF. if you want to make all like your listeners go butter. crazy this is okay, wait, is i want to hear about this oh, what is it shaleen well, <laughs> okay, I read today and I thought I'm going to butcher it and I can't source it because it's a meme. It like left my feet so fast, but it, it like hit me and it said how dangerous it is to have people that are making decisions on behalf of other people when those people are not represented in the room. Yeah. Meaning having predominantly white men make decisions on behalf of people of color and women 
is problematic. And that is what I'm loving about watching this wave of brilliant women Mm -hmm. and this wave of Mm -hmm. people of all different colors get into politics because we need you in the room. Yeah. That Mm -hmm. white men have no business making decisions for people that don't have a seat at the table. And we need to get more diversity at that table. Yeah. All tables, really every table needs I want to circle back to the partisan Republican comments about you talking about your family. And I have dear friends and family who are Republican as well. And I want to be really clear because, again, I think riding the fence here is a historic mistake. Yes. A devastating mistake that will cost us not only our planet and our children and real lives. Republican voters are a different thing than the Republican leadership. And it's very important to make a distinction between Mm. this. Because what we do is in politics, we need to be very clear when we're talking about policies and when we're talking about people, all of these things are important. We need to look at our senators. We need to look at all these things. And there's a difference when you talk about Republicans as a platform and their policies and their leaders. And when you talk about Republican voters, Mm. because we all know beloved Democrat and independent and libertarian voters. And they're all, like we said earlier, people who want the same things. But we have to have hard conversations about policies. Mm-hmm. We have to have hard conversations about our standing in the world when it comes to leading on things. And it's hard because everyone's so afraid of being partisan. They're like, oh, I can talk about politics, but I just don't want to be partisan. And it's like, well, then you're not really talking about politics. Mm. It's not politics because the only politics we have is partisan politics. And it's very difficult. It makes everyone yeah. uncomfortable. Yeah. But one of the things we need to do as spiritual people as people whose security comes from a divine connection and love Mm -hmm. is to come from when we enter into a conversation about partisan politics, that we can do that from a source of security. Mm -hmm. And that is based in love and connection that of course we would never label all Republican voters as evil or horrible because they aren't. We all want the same things flourishing, but we can still say, but we got to have a hard conversation about what the parties are doing right now. Right. So I have two questions. Well, one thought, one question. A beautiful thought is when I look at Jesus and the ragtag of disciples that Jesus chose, they were diverse politically. I mean, you have tax collectors who were, they sided with the Roman government, which was a very political thing to do. And then you had zealots <laughs> and everywhere else all over the place. And zealots were people who were like, oh, we're going to fight the Roman <laughs> government with violence. And so I think there's a beauty in that Jesus is giving us almost a symbol of saying like, hey, look at who my followers are. They are all of you. And yeah. we have to collaborate and work together towards this. And then my question for you too, because I feel like I'm a few steps away or like, I just, I need to learn more. And so where do I go and read? What do I, mm-hmm. because I literally come from a place where I go, okay, I'm kind of scared to read certain things, right? Because what if it's like, <laughs> you know, there's yeah. just, what's real? Yeah. I don't know. Or what is you know? truth? What's pilot? truth? Yeah. And we had this conversation where I go, oh my God, I just, I don't, I grew up not trusting the news ever. Mm-hmm. And so it is still embedded in me to not trust sometimes the things I read in a political realm. And so it is my privilege to step away and say, I just, I can't trust it. I have a weird paradox with this because I have lived experience. And then I also am like, I don't know what to do. So I I don't know. Give me some resources or like places to engage in this. Yeah, Give us just a battery of where can all people, Republican, Democrat, Mm. conservative, Liberal wear. Okay. Throw out some resources. Do you guys like unpopular opinions? Yeah. Sure. I'm going to give you an unpopular opinion. Mainstream media. 
is the best starting place. It's, it's everyone's favorite dummy beat up on the mainstream media. However, one of the core founding principles that Alexander Hamilton and James Madison understood because they had just watched a tyrant king control the propaganda and the media is the First Amendment. There's a reason it's the First Amendment because the Bill of Rights begins with the understanding that democracy has no hope without the free press and mm. journalism. There is no hope because there is no way to get information. And it's a popular punching bag to beat on mainstream media on the left and the right. We hate yeah, the mainstream no, media. It is. We hate Fox News. We fake hate news. CNN, right? No, fake news is the is the extreme websites. The internet is this force multiplier that has brought to the surface a new access to alternative facts than has ever been before. Where you're not going to run into those is Fox News reporting the news and CNN reporting the news. Trust me, you you know this. I've been very mm -hmm. fortunate to travel all over the world and no one has as good of a media as the United States of America. Mm. Go to the Middle East, you have Al Jazeera and nothing else. It's difficult to find any source of truth. Mm. Here, we have ABC, CBS, NBC, Fox News, CNN, NSNBC, and all of them are massively accountable to each other. There is zero chance in America, if you turn on Fox News at noon and they tell you that 34 people were shot in a high school, that they're lying about that. Mm. They would be held so accountable by all of the mainstream media on the left and the right. CNN will not lie to you about the 34 people shot. They will not lie to you about uh, the peace accord that's just signed with President mm -hmm. Trump. Now, all of them have evolved into 24-hour news shows where you can turn on Tucker Carlson or Sean Hannity at night or Rachel Maddow or whatever on the left or the right, and you start to hear people interpret the news for you. Mm -hmm. That's where we have to be careful. It doesn't mean they're wrong. Uh, except Tucker Carlson and Sean Hannity are always wrong. <laughs> They're always white supremacists and terribly wrong in every way. That's, uh, that's too much certainty in I dualism. I love you, Charlie. <laughs> Just saying. I will watch Fox News. I watch it every day. I go to Fox yeah. News. I read their website because I trust that Fox News will report the news accurately. I do mm -hmm. not trust Tucker Carlson. And I trust those. But that, that's the starting point is that uniquely in this country, we have shared facts to begin with. So yeah. most countries don't have that. We have a free press. So we can all agree on what our national budget is. You don't have that in Russia. Mm. You have a state-run media, which is what our current president wants. He wants mm. a media that will bow to him and never criticize him, which is what Putin has. And that's, Ooh, that's the destruction scary. of the First Amendment. And then we lose all hope of democracy. Thankfully, Fox News will call out President Trump. They, they mm. do. And there is an accountability in mainstream media. So start there. You start with mainstream media. And then I would say another unpopular opinion is that peer-reviewed journals and academia are not the liberal elites who are trying to destroy our country. They I love peer review. Journals. Another level really of highly ideas. accountable information where people's lives and careers are on the line. Yeah. People are drawn to liberallefty.com or the Conservative Tribune or Breitbart where there's no accountability. None. That those are not mainstream media and so they can say whatever they want. Prager my you makes my blood boil. <laughs> There's a reason they're you. I have people sending me Prager oh U videos gosh. on the reg. If you watch the Prager View Electoral College video and you think that that's true information, I want to pray for your soul. <laughs> because every 30 seconds they lie. Because Dennis Prager is an immoral man who has an unlimited war chest of money to mm -hmm. propagate movement oh. conservatism, which is a 60-year movement, which has Trust created me, the Tea up, Party. I followed yes. the money and figured out. Follow the money. Follow the money every yes. time. And you, if that's you're listening why, and don't know who that person is, 
welcome to my club, but now I have some research to do. <laughs> yeah, I have some research. Okay. Mm-hmm. Another great resource is I had this in school, in class. It was how to read history when it's on your phone or why read history when it's on your phone. Mm-hmm. And it's an amazing, it teaches you how to laterally fact check. And it mm, talks about how the world good. is changing and mm-hmm. how we used to be able, we, you know, we used to fact check vertically and now we have to laterally fact check. And that was super helpful. It mm. teaches you tips and tricks of how to source the internet. It, it was fascinating. Tell us more. Like, what do you mean laterally? What do you mean by that? Laterally. So like PragerU, right? Someone mm. sent, Shaleen, if you really want to see, the, they were trying to prove to me that racism in America doesn't exist. Right, right. So Candace they Owens. sent me <laughs> yeah. a PragerU video via Facebook. And I'm like, what the hell is this? Mm-hmm. And so I started looking up. You can literally look up who owns PragerU. Mm-hmm. It takes you straight to the two billionaires that own it. That, mm-hmm. And then I started reading what those men had to say. And it made my blood yeah. boil. Like I was irate the way they talk about women Mm -hmm. and people of color Mm -hmm. and the queer community was horrifying, Mm -hmm. truly horrifying. And so it was very clear. Oh, these are two assholes with a treasure chest of money. Like you said, that can put out propaganda left and right. And there's no accountability. There's zero accountability. If and Fox so, News tried to put anyhow, that out, CNN would fact check. I have a, I have a special check, kind of you know? hatred yeah. for PragerU yeah. is what I'm trying to say. Don't send me PragerU videos. Thank you. And I unless affirm you that hate me. statement. Yes. Unless you hate and me. And then I guess send me PragerU videos and I will block your ass. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that's a big deal, Holland. And I, I feel in my experience... That may be number one on the list of the American experience. Like, I just don't know what's true. Like, I don't know where to go for source. Well, again, I would say we have shared sets of facts to form opinions on from our mainstream media. And then peer reviewed academic papers are incredible. Yeah. So, if you're talking about racism and systemic racism, you can argue on Facebook comics all day long, or you can go read. 30 years worth, 60 years worth of peer reviewed PhD academics who spend their entire life. 40 hours a week or more mm-hmm. studying and learning about redlining and gerrymandering yep. and voter suppression. And they understand the way systems of power work. And if they get it wrong, they're going to have to face the entire world of their academy. They're going to risk their career on those things. And it, it, it's the thing with climate science. Go to the yeah. IPCC. This is not one nation. This is every nation in the world collaborating together in peer-reviewed science to say, what do we know? What do we not know? What are the limits of our knowledge? What data do we have? And it's really not even complicated. Yeah. And yet in America, people don't want to believe it. And so they say fake news or they pull away from things that we just have to start there or else we have no shared common facts and we really are just kind of adrift at the sea. Well, and I think there's a humility of being like, okay, I am going to research and be okay that my opinion could change. There's been a lot of watching that that, like they've changed their mind. And Mm -hmm. it's like, isn't that beautiful that you would grow and evolve? And so I just am... Augustine changed his mind. Yes. James Cone changed his mind. There's a beauty actually Mm -hmm. in changing our minds and we've all dramatically yeah. I think shifted from where yeah. we have grown up and that we would honor and celebrate that and that we would lift that up and and yes. go out and research and and be okay that your opinion might be different than your dad's yeah. or your family's and that's where okay then know why you believe so you can actually say what you think in this moment and then be okay that maybe you'll change your mind next year or yeah that you'll well, keep growing in it I, I shameless plug, but I'm just starting a YouTube channel called Seven Minute Politics. And the very first episode, I based on what you just said, mm-hmm. mature, healthy people, when they receive new information, they change their mind. That's the mature and healthy thing to do when you receive new information that contradicts what you believe. That's yeah. what I would tell my 14 year old daughter is like, oh, you receive new valid information. Maybe the right thing to do is follow the evidence uh, yeah. to where it goes. In fact, 
I think we were taught that I was taught that even in the Bible Belt of conservative about absolute truth and following the evidence where it lies. That's yeah. really good advice. Yeah. yeah, it is. You know, and so Holland, we've never done this before on this podcast, but a week before election day, can you pray over us? Pray yeah. over our country. Pray over the politics of coming together that we would find ways to be bridge builders and that we would not reside. Ibu Patel has this amazing book. It's another resource. It's Interfaith Leadership. Go get it. But he talks about building bunkers so that you don't have to think about what someone else is saying or you build barriers so you don't have to hear it. These are different ways of thinking. And then another way is bludgeons, right? Like you just bludgeon people. And then the most mature people are people that seek to understand and can build authentic bridges of connection that push the human race forward. And my hope would be that all Americans going to the polls would be those people that we would discern, we would critically think, and however you're voting, that we would vote in a way that pushes our country forward and that brings us together as a family, because that is what we are. We belong to one another, not just America, but the whole world, Yeah, that we would create politics of coming together. Yeah. Thank you. I would love to. God, thank you for Charlie and Shalene and Kyle and for everyone listening. And God, we pray that we would know and feel it deep in our bodies <laughs> that we are a part of one human family, that we would recognize our power and our privilege and that we would go and that we would make change for all of humanity to thrive, that we would pay attention, that we would be humbled to change our minds to evolve and to grow, that we would get to know our neighbor, that we would know the name of the people who are all around us, <laughs> that we would look people in the eye and, and see them and love them. And that when we go and vote, that we, would, that we would do it with love. God, we pray for our country and for the world that humanity would thrive and that we would begin with us, that we would begin to just sit with and learn to love ourselves and our neighbor and our enemy. And that when that love can just envelop us, that a revolution would happen and that we would go out into the world and love more. <laughs> I don't know what I'm praying anymore. Um, amen. Amen. is a part of our ongoing commitment to anti-racism training, both in our own lives and our work here at Desert Voices, Holland and I are turning our rage into action. We're hosting a Zoom workshop with my good friend, Carrie Connolly, who wrote the book, Good White Racist, confronting our role in racial injustices. It's going to be October 22nd, 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. You can register on our website at desertvoices.com. Let's listen, learn, and figure out what it looks like to take action together. It's okay not to know what to do, but it's not okay to do nothing. Come be with us. In the spirit of transformation, we reserve the right to evolve, change our minds, and make many, many, many mistakes. For resources discussed in this podcast, writings, and partnership opportunities, head to our website, desertvoices.com. Come engage with us on social media at Desert Voices underscore SC. We'd love to hear from you and connect with you. To support us and join the movement, it is so helpful to review, subscribe, and share this podcast. You can also support us on Patreon. Until then, go be free, flourish.